The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up, Huddle Up. with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome to the new era. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome in. It's Wednesday afternoon. It is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy show as always on Wednesday. The final video show of the regular season on Wednesdays. This will become a podcast only soon. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks coming up as always. Jaguars.com senior writer John Osher is full of energy today and ready to bring the heat in week 18. Reported, sure. Reporting coaching candidates will go through the updated reports of what has happened or what is going to happen we think looking ahead to week 18 the Colts are coming to town and we'll uh, get our final thoughts before week 18 coming up uh, Bucky Brooks good afternoon to you how are you what's up what's up guys season finale ready to go ready I told you one and no mindset this week JP I told you that on Sunday I like that trying to finish it up the right way that's all you can do John is is one game at a time and there's only one game remaining well I think Bucky just said I told you well we all knew there was going to be a game Sunday Buck I mean it's been on the schedule since yeah. like April <laughs> that's right we're gonna play them we're we ready to go efforts aside they are playing <laughs> they are playing uh, it is on the schedule, 1 o'clock kickoff time. The time did not change. There was a possibility with the Colts still in the playoff front and needing the game. Oh, prime time? Well, it was, they, you know, it, during the game, there's a possibility they could have moved it later in the day. But the last couple of years, even though they've been out of it, they've moved it to 425. Yeah. And uh, boy, was I happy about that. <laughs> Ooh-wee. So <laughs> – Let's uh, start off the day with uh, the latest coaching tracker. Uh, John, you you have some updates today, and um, there's really not any new names to be reported. Yeah, I mean, the updates lately have been, you know, uh, reportedly uh, Jim Caldwell interviewed Tuesday. Uh, Doug Peterson interviewed last Thursday, Mm -hmm. and Todd Bowles interviewed uh, on Monday. Those are the ones that have been reported as happening by what we would consider legitimate, you know, respected outlets. Uh, There are others in the works, and uh, we had Tom Pelissaro on, uh, Bucky's guy, Tom Pelissaro, NFL Network brethren, um, this morning, and and, uh, he made the point that a lot of the guys who have delayed it, his understanding is, especially with the assistants, the NFL tried to put in the rule this year, or or put in the rule that you could interview during the regular season, um, and that feels like it's clunkier, maybe, than originally anticipated. I don't know, you know, what other factors might be contributing to them not interviewing, but that has been a thing. You can only interview on Zoom for two hours, I think it is, an introductory uh, interview. So Tom's thought was that a lot of that has to do with it's just they're not used to it. It's not part of your normal schedule. You're in the playoff hunt, yeah, and they're just not. It, it's just not working uh, as maybe it might have, and they may readjust it at some point. I would think. Well, I mean, I think the big thing is you're so worried about your first impression. If it's uncomfortable for you to present on Zoom in a two-hour period, you may want to just a postpone it wait till after the regular season when I can go and do a full normal interview that I've already either prepped for, I've done before, 
I feel like I'm going to be at my best. And so maybe that's why some of the guys who are currently with teams are saying, ah, I'll just wait till after the regular season. It's only a week. It doesn't seem like things are going really fast for the Jags. So maybe that's why. But I do believe, like listening to your tracker, it certainly appears to be a little bit of a theme because the guys that you mentioned are guys that this would be the second or third time that they've had an opportunity to be a head coach. And so Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell, Todd Bowles have all been head coaches before. And so maybe they were more comfortable presenting in that manner because they already know what their program is going to be about. They've done it. They've had success in some way, shape, or form doing it a certain way. So they're very comfortable sitting in front of ownership and saying, hey, here's the plan. Here's how I would proceed if I was the Jacksonville Jaguars' next head coach. And the other thing that may be playing into it on, on some level, Jaguars are the only team right now interviewing because the Raiders are still in it. So they have, my understanding is they've decided not to do it because they're still in it. So from the assistant's point of view, if there were three teams doing this right now where the assistants or, or the people who were being interviewed thought, well, hey, I need to get ahead I need your, to move yeah, because sure. this, the uh, – what's the game? Uh, the musical chairs are going to start getting filled up. That's really not as much of a factor. There's going to be a lot of jobs, I think, open up after the season. So they may not feel the urgency to get started and may just say, hey, we've always waited to the end of the regular season. We're going to do it this way now. Who knows? So, yeah, who knows? They're, they're like they I are. know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, come on, John. You you know. You know what's up. No, you don't know. Uh, so that's the latest on the uh, coaching tracker for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, you can follow that on jaguars.com as well, all the reporting in one place. Uh, let's look ahead now to the Indianapolis Colts. Earlier today, Darrell Bevel trying to keep the team as focused as he can. It's tough for him, though. It's the last week of school. Here's what I talked to him about today. I, I mean, I, I talked to him about, you know, there's there's still five days left in this season. Um, it's it's our job to go out there and put our, you know, put five great days together. Uh, we're playing a divisional opponent that's, uh, you know, that has a shot to make the playoffs. And, you know, we want to do everything we can to keep, you know, the, the divisional opponents um, from doing that, you know. And so uh, they're also playing for the name on their back. And, you know, they're like, I, I've told you guys many times, everything that we do is being evaluated. So. Um, I think there's plenty to play for. I think these guys are motivated. I do know that these guys care. You know, I'm around them every day, and it's, you know, this is an important thing to them. So, um, I th- you know, I think they'll be ready to go. It's an NFL football game, Bucky, so you got to strap up and go play, or you'll, A, get blown out of the water, or B, get hurt. I mean, those are possibilities if you don't go out and play to your best ability. Yeah, and I don't think that would be an interest in terms of having the energy and effort to play. You have so many young guys playing that they're going to be excited to get on the field and kind of live out some of those dreams. You also have a bunch of guys who understand what the situation is for them. May not be in a contract for next year. Want to put themselves in a position to have an opportunity to play for the Jaguars next year or play for another team. And as Daryl Bell alluded to, everybody is under evaluation. Every tape, every play will be looked at by somebody, whoever's the next coach of the team. They're going to look at the tape. And they can see who plays hard. They can see who gave effort, who played well in the season finale when there's nothing, quote-unquote, to play for. And so it's important. And so guys have to understand that. And even though it's weird that you have a a band of independent contractors kind of looking out for themselves, you're doing it within the team aspect. So you might as well win the game if you're going to have to go out there and perform. Yeah, they do it as much as possible within the team aspect. (laughs) I kind of laughed. I mean – they absolutely will play with professional pride because my experience is it's what NFL players do. 
I don't know that right now in this situation there's a collective we got to keep the Colts out of the playoffs. I mean, I don't know how strong that motivation is. Uh, God bless Daryl for saying it and yeah. uh, sort of sticking to that. But there is a um, certainly, it, unfortunately, JP, we've been involved with a lot of these games. Typically, there is a tremendous energy early for a team in the Jaguars situation against a contending team. And then second and third quarter, it can, it can sort of start to get away from you, and that's when the team in the Colts situation needs to get this thing put away. Because if it gets to the fourth quarter, then all of a sudden the team in the Jaguars situation starts saying, well, may as well uh, finish let's it go, out. Let's go win one. Yeah, right. I mean, and they are professionals that can make mm-hmm. plays. So if you're the Colts and, and you are trying to clinch, their idea will be, let's turn this into a burst. Let's get them out of here it, you know, so that they don't have any – incentive in the second half because once it turns into that second half then all of a sudden you see bevel start pulling out the old 23 skidoo <laughs> that's yeah. right you double passes and <laughs> yeah. free flickers so and, you right. start getting a situation where it gets a little scary and a weirdness happens i think the colts will run i think they will try to take the life out of the jaguars and prevent any chance for second half weirdness so i will say the only way to relate it personal experience jacksonville when we were trying to get into playoffs in 96 we were playing an Atlanta Falcons team that had nothing to play for, and we just needed to win the game. We win, we're in. And I would say it was probably the hardest game for us to play because the pressure is all on the team that's trying to get into postseason. And so when you're the playoff team and you're trying to play perfect and you got a team that has nothing to play for, but then you let them hang around, and before you know it, as, as John alluded to, you get in the second half, and now it's a battle, and they have nothing to lose. So you see all the stuff on the back pages of the playbook reverses, double passes, trick plays. They go for it on fourth down. It's a very unconventional game. And so for the Colts, the best thing that they can do is try and handle business early because if the Jaguars get an inkling that the game is up for grabs, you will see guys put a little more effort and energy into doing it. And then Belva just, let's use the back page of the play sheet. Let's get it on tape, see what it looks like. And so all of those 23 skadoos and all that other stuff, it shows up because you don't have anything to lose when you're in the Jaguar situation. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine. Members of the Fields Auto Group will return and hear from Trevor Lawrence. Jaguars quarterback spoke with the media today. It's ahead of week 18. The Colts and the Jaguars coming up. And this is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. I guess uh, you can look at it, you can look at it both ways. I mean, um, I, I, I guess I'll start by saying I, I understand you know the fans that have been Jacksonville fans for a long time. Um, I'm sure that hasn't hasn't been easy, and a lot of a lot of diehard fans that um, you know this is I wouldn't say everything for them, but this is something that's very important to them is the Jags, and they've been a fan since the Jags started. So you see that passion, and you definitely respect that, and you wanna as players. I know the feeling like we wanna do everything we can to go win for this city, for these fans. Um, and obviously we haven't had much success this year. So that's, that's frustrating for us as well. So I, you know, I understand from a fan's perspective, would I, would I do that personally? No, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't do that, but you know, fans feel how they feel. And, um, 
it's hard to, like I said, after this year has been disappointing for all of us. Like we wanted to win a lot more games, so I get the frustration, but um, for us, we're just, like I said, focusing on going and finishing with a win this season. That's Trevor Lawrence earlier today, Jaguars quarterback, and welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier here in Jacksonville. Bucky Brooks is not in Jacksonville. He's out in L.A. Well, that's uh, the quarterback for you coming out again and um, answering the question about the the fan base being upset with things going on right now. And uh, there he is, uh, Bucky, with another another fantastic answer, as you would expect from him from now on. Yeah, a lot of perspective. I feel like he's probably aged in dog years over the course of this one season. I mean, he probably feels like an eight-year vet having to deal with all the things that he's done. But I think it's another example of the maturity that uh, Trevor Lawrence has and the leadership ability that he continues to display each and every day. Uh, It's been a very difficult season for him and for the rest of the team. Uh, A lot of losses. And I don't care what anyone says, man. You don't pour in what these guys have poured in and want to walk away with the results that they walked away with. Uh, losing hurts. It's embarrassing. Um, no one wants to be part of a team that is viewed as a laughing stock. And so as a prideful professional, you want to change it. And so he can understand and empathize with the fan base. But look, man, these guys want to get that stench off of them. No one wants to be uh, looked at as perennial losers. And so they'll continue to give the effort. They'll continue to pour in regardless of the circumstances around them. Yeah. I don't know how much fans care about this, but I'll talk about it because it's something to talk about. Um, I haven't covered college football in a long time, but I don't get the idea that Trevor had nearly as many media obligations on a weekly hardcore basis at Clemson as he does now. Maybe he did. Um, certainly he didn't go through the questioning and the, the crisis points and the difficult things to discuss at Clemson, and certainly not when he was in high school, yeah. which is just four years ago. Yeah, I would say, though, just to, to jump in real quick, I, he was out there a lot, especially the last two years. Yeah. Um, but to your point. But was it weekly? Was it where you're having it? Uh, he, was, yeah. he was out there a lot. And then, you know, as the star power rose after that freshman right. season, he was in the media a good bit most every week. But the week question for you is, hey, Hey, talk how, about being great. Yeah, is how it about cool the, to be great? How about the 30-point win last yeah. week, right? That's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, how about. great is it to be great? I mean, it, so <laughs> he hasn't really had that question. And the ability to think on his feet and to answer from a place of honesty, which I always feel like when I'm, when I'm listening to Trevor, that he's mm-hmm. trying to put some thought into the answer, articulates it very well, and just the, you know, the ease with which he handles it, all that doesn't matter on the field. But what does matter in this situation is – he does have a tremendous maturity, and I keep saying and writing, I believe in his off-field work ethic. I believe in who he is, how much he wants it, and his maturity will get him through this difficult year. Um, I don't doubt his mental makeup at all, which is the – if I doubted his mental makeup, I would be concerned about his ability to get through this and about his ability to still be great because that's what would destroy him. That's one thing I don't feel unsure about at all with him. So I think he's going to be fine. That's, yeah. Yeah. My two cents no, look, of your core. No, I, I, look, I think it's a difficult part. I think he will be fine, um, obviously, for him. Because, remember, he's the ultimate competitive person. He's got to win at every level. And it's not only just the team success, but it's the individual success. He hears the, 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 the whispers and people talking about, 
hey, he doesn't look good. I wonder about the bust potential and all that other stuff that um, some of the people on the national level may be throwing out there about Trevor based on some of the struggles from this year. And he also looks around and sees, like Mac Jones and some other guys, having success. And so um, no matter what anyone says, when you're in a draft class, you always want to make sure that you're the best guy. And when you're taking number one overall, you always want people to understand why you're taking that. And so I think a very prideful and competitive Trevor Lawrence will be very determined to kind of get some of that stench off his name uh, next season. Let's come back in a moment. We'll hear from Josh Allen, Jaguars defensive end, outside linebacker. We'll take a look at the latest reserve COVID-19 list, some changes today, an early look at the Indianapolis Colts, all that coming up. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. I just want to get to a point to where we can just focus on football. You know what I mean? That's the only goal we can, you know, really control. You know what I'm saying? Every man come in here, we worry about one thing, and the goal is to win the Super Bowl. Like, that's the that's that's the goal that I have and that I want as a team, and I feel like that's what we need. You know what I'm saying? We need the consistency, and we need to just focus on one thing. You know what I mean? We don't need to be focused anywhere else. We need to focus on coaches, players, Focus on winning, and if everybody comes in here and do their job and focus on that one thing, and I feel like we can have that team. You know what I mean? Because when we were focused and when we were all locked in, we showed really great results. But then when, you know what I'm saying, we're dealing with so much other stuff that guys, you know, a lot of guys can't really, or coaches or whatever, can't really hone in because we focus on so much other stuff. That's Josh Allen, defensive end, outside linebacker earlier today. And welcome back. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier. The Jaguars face the Indianapolis Colts coming up. We'll take a look at the latest reserve COVID-19 list and changes earlier today. Well, Bucky, the Colts are on the verge of a yeah, playoff hold, berth. Yes, Bucky. Yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me talk about the Josh Allen thing because I think yeah. it's really telling what he revealed. Like, um, you know, a lot of people always ask about NFL players. And I, I find that NFL players are no different than high school players and youth ball players. They kind of like your kids. They want structure and discipline. They want consistency and stability. And I think that little clip right there with Josh Allen, it really reveals the frustration that exists within the team at the circus environment that was going on around the team for the better part of the season. When he talked about how things were going well when everyone was locked in and focusing those things, it is very apparent that if you go back to week four and all the stuff that happened right after Cincinnati, it impacted the team. And the team wasn't the same after that. I don't care about the wins or whatever. Early in the year, we didn't feel like this team was going to finish like they finished. And so I think what all the players, Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence, man, they just want to show up to work and play football. They don't want to have to deal with all that other stuff. And so when we're talking about coaching candidates and those things, the number one thing that has to be on the list has to be professionalism. Someone that can just come in and do exactly what an NFL head coach is supposed to do. Get all the, like, shepherd all the cats and get them going in the right direction. Um, the other stuff will happen, but, man, it just has to be a very professional environment for those guys to be able to maximize their talents. Yeah. You've like got to get a leader of men. And I, I said for years and years and years. I, I always joke on the website, and JP has to read it all the time. All the time. All I always joke with fans, hey, it's always coaching in the NFL. It's one of the things I always write in the Ozone. 
and I'm sort of making fun a little bit when fans criticize this play call or this play call or this thing. All that stuff is is fine. It it matters, but it sort of varies. It's the old thing with a play call. If you make the right call, you're a genius. Yes. If it, if you don't, you're an idiot. What does absolutely matter from the head coaching position is that players believe in the man and they believe and they want to follow it. As long as you have that, then you have a chance because it keeps your locker room together. To me, after, after 25 years of doing this, if the coach has that, all else will follow. If he doesn't have it, it's over. So guy who has John, that. And, yeah, and John, like, here's what's really important about it now, coming off the, the most recent situation. Unlike the, the favor that the players gave Coach Meyer when he came in, they won't give the next coach that same kind of favor. They will be a little more reserved in terms of their buy-in and belief until they know that the man in front of the room is actually living what he says. It's going to be different this time around. They will say, oh, no, we believe in him or whatever, but privately they're going to wait and see how he responds to the first line of adversity to see if he really walks it like he talks it. And so that's why this job is not about X's and O's and scheme, and we can talk about developing the quarterback and all that. No, this job has to be who is the best leader who's organized, detailed, has the ability to galvanize a group and get them heading in the right direction. All of that other stuff is secondary. Ownership has to pick the best leader more so than the other stuff that people are talking about, the schematics and tactics and all that. It is a leadership position and it has to be the best leader who can convey that leadership in a very clear um, and concise fashion. This week's game, week 18, the Indianapolis Colts have things going in the right direction. A win, and they are in the playoffs. If they lose, they need a lot of help. Some other scenarios could get them in, but uh, it, simple enough for them, a win. And they are in, and of course, on the offensive side, as we saw firsthand earlier in the season, Jonathan Taylor leads the way, Bucky, the top rusher in all the National Football League, over 1,700 yards on the ground. He can score from anywhere, and... I think they'll, he'll get a, a healthy dose of carries on Sunday. I got a question for Buck before okay, he gets started. Okay, yes, John. And, and, and mm -hmm. you know, this kid is special, Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm. Healthy Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor right now, who do you take? Because this kid, oh, that's tough. I, I, it, it's a different look, answer Jonathan, than it was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah Jonathan Taylor is a monster. Um Derrick Henry, though, size-wise, just getting in the ring with a heavyweight over time, it just wears you down. Uh, I would give him the nods, but it's very close. I don't think anybody thought it would be this close. Um, Jonathan Taylor is the real deal. And, like, here's what's so funny about it. And I know, like, Pete Prisco shows up on another show. But uh, Jonathan Taylor's impact as a second-round pick is legit. <laughs> and we can talk about running backs not being important and undervalued and those things. Jonathan Taylor exemplifies why you better have an A-plus running back in the backfield. It changes the game. It changes the equation. Because if you had to rank the priorities in terms of what I fear the most for the Indianapolis Colts, number one is Jonathan Taylor. Number two is their offensive line. Number three would be the defense. And then you get the Carson Wentz and the rest of the guys. It is about Jonathan Taylor, that offensive line, and the running game. You better put on your big boy pads this week. Because if you don't slow them down, you have no chance of winning this game. 
No chance. Oh, by the way, Derrick Henry um, is sixth in the league still in rushing attempts and yards, and he's been hurt since November. And uh, What an amazing stat, though. Mike Chappell uh, from Indianapolis. Yeah, used to be the Indianapolis star. Now he's at Fox 59. Pointed out when I was talking to him yesterday, Taylor leads the NFL by 500 yards. Yes, he does. That's like a Wayne Gretzky margin back in the day. I mean, <laughs> it, where he's almost playing in a different league. And, uh, you know, the Jaguars, we saw last year in the up there in the regular season finale, if you're not careful with Taylor, he can go for 250 on it. He can set records. Yeah, I mean, he's and, 266 away from 2,000. Yeah, and uh, that will be interesting to me because I, I don't think I'm breaking any, any uh, news here when I think the Colts are going to win on Sunday. Uh, and I think they'll probably be up yeah. early because that's been the, that's been the ammo. Okay. Bucky can pick the Jags. I'll, I'll give him that. Wow, negative, negative Nancy. Ta- like, do the Colts I mean, pull Taylor? If Taylor has 150 at halftime and they're up 21, do you leave me to go for 2,000? No, no, because they win. They, they're in the postseason. I think you got bigger fish to fry. Right. Um, I think this is a game. If I'm, if I'm framed right in the way that I'm approaching this, hey man, let's cut the fluff. I want a small. I want a whatever. The little menu that I want to get in trouble with sponsorship, but I want a very small menu. <laughs> I want a Jonathan Taylor right, left, middle, over and over again, so you can build a lead and then you get him out of the game. Yeah, I don't think you complicate this one at all. This is a very straightforward approach when it comes to it. A prefix menu of, of sorts, right? It's already pre done yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything I'm nice not sure and tight. I get the reference, but Never I like mind. Yeah, okay. John right. doesn't. Yeah, right. it's a little too much for John. Uh, we'll slow the update. <laughs> Long season, Buck. It's week 18. 18 weeks. I'm not used to it. it. JP JP spends those big dollars when he goes out. If he's talking about a, a price fix menu, he's talking about three three course meal. He's talking about the appetizer, the steak, the dessert, um, maybe a little bottle of vino. The whole point is it's all side. set up for you. It's already set. Yeah. I want that, and it has five things on it. Boom. There you go. That's what it is, John. That's what they have. Golden Corral, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know Golden Corral still exists. Oh, too. yes, yes. Uh, let's come back in a moment. The reserve COVID-19 list has been updated earlier today. We'll touch on that and get our final thoughts ahead of week 18. And this is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. Final moments, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks. Let's take a look at the reserve COVID-19 list, the Baptist Health Injury Report. And, well, let's uh, narrow down a little bit. There are still 12 names on the reserve COVID-19 lists, plural, the active roster list, and then the practice squad list. Jared Hawker, the lone practice squad player on reserve COVID-19 for the practice squad. And then 11 players are still on the active uh, list, including Ben Barch, Chazon Ford, Shaq Griffin, Linder, McCray, Dylan Moses, Cam Robinson, the punter, J.K. Scott, Dewan Smoot, Andrew Wingard. Scott was added today, so we'll see if he can work his way back with some negative tests to be available. That can be an, an issue come yeah. Sunday, John. And uh, just to clarify for those who may not have heard it, Bevel was asked about this on, on, on in his in his media availability today, 
And he sounded pretty confident that they expected to get a lot of those guys back uh, for this weekend. He obviously can't predict the future. He's not a doctor, so he can't say who. But it certainly sounded from his quote like they expect to be, I think his quote was close to full or very close. So makes it feel like a lot of those guys who went on last week, the offensive linemen, particularly Barch, uh, Robinson, uh, Linder, Linder yeah. maybe even Shaq Griffin and Smoot who went on last week, sort of felt from listening to Daryl like they expected uh, the majority of those guys back, which it'd be good. That would be good. Uh, it was striking last week, Bucky, to see 27 names during the show pop up on that screen. Ooh. Look, man, it's hard. It's hard to roll out there when you're playing with a JV team. And look, I love the guys on the practice squad and those things, but sometimes you have those guys aren't necessarily ready to get into action. They certainly aren't ready to be counted on to play key roles. And so the Jaguars had to go up to New England and play with uh, a shorthanded squad. Uh, they competed, but it, the results certainly what weren't what you would want. Well, now that you have maybe a full complement of guys back, see what it looks like. All right, John, how you feeling for Sunday? Well, I mean, I don't, I can't sit here and pick him to win. Uh, I guess yes, within the context of what we're you talking can, about, you can, you can do you it. Pick whatever you want. Fifty to yeah, ten last pick. week, where it never, I th- had I been picking a score last week, I probably would have picked. 40 to 10. So I wasn't very surprised by the result last week. If they get guys back playing at home uh, w- with a little bit of incentive, I don't expect on, it to John. be an absolute route. I expect the Colts to win by a couple of touchdowns because that's how the season's been going, oh. and the Colts want this game worse than the Jaguars will want it. So, you know, 31-17, something along those lines, would be a nice uh, – Effort considering the I mean, for the record, I didn't ask for a score. I just said, how are you feeling about Sunday? I'm feeling 31-7. Oh, there you go. Uh, Bucky, how are you feeling for Sunday? I mean, TIA Bank Stadium is the house of horrors for the Colts, right? It is. They haven't won, they haven't won at their place in, what, five years? In a generation. Like five, long time. A generation. Yeah, long time. Yes. No, not that yeah, long. So, yes. so, like, this, this, this might be the one, John. Might like, be. It might be an sure. opportunity for us to, like, finish it the right way. Yes, it is. I can it's see Daryl Bevel rock the shoulders of the players. Like, is the win one for the Gipper speech, all of that, you know? I don't know. I don't know if that can happen, though. <laughs> like, I would like it to happen, but I don't know if it it'd can It'd be happen. awesome. Uh, it'd be, it'd be, be really cool. Yeah, I, look, I think it'd be a more competitive game than it, it had been um, last week. I think guys are prideful. Anytime you get beat down like that, um, normally you kind of respond. Uh, I think a lot of it would depend on some of the young guys that get opportunity to play Andre Cisco and that crew. Um, I look for a closer game. I can't say that the Jaguars will win, but if they let them hang into the second half, the Jaguars will win it. If the Jaguars are within a touchdown going into halftime, I think they can win in the second half. Wow. I like that. Yeah. He's almost locking it. That's almost a lock. We do locks on Monday, and that sounded really similar to a lock. That would be fun. Yeah. The coolest scenario would be – Get that thing to three points at halftime, and then maybe you got a show in the second half. That would, that would be a fun way for these fans to close out the season. Being able to cheer, being able to be into it, uh, that would be cool. That would be cool. The key, um, yes. yeah, you got to make it four 15-minute games. So you got to break it into four little increments. You got to tell Darabella, like, hey, man, just focus. We can focus on this 15 minutes. Do whatever you got to do to get out of this quarter into the next quarter, and then kind of see what it looks like. 
I like it. I want to see it. I like it. I think we all do. Bucky, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. All right, man. You guys have fun. Bucky Brooks, NFL Network analyst out of here. Joe Fortunato on the audio side. Trent Padilla on the video side. For John Osher, I'm J.P. Shadrick. And this is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.